It's only a kick. A jump. A block. It's only a serve. It's only a tackle. A run. It's only for the fans. After all, it's only pressure. You got this. Adidas. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. This podcast is part of E2C Network, where we share the whole Auburn experience. Hello, and welcome to War Horses, the only college equestrian podcast that's going to tell you how good each team's resume has been this fall. Well, how good each dual-discipline team's resume has been, you single-discipline fans will have to wait another week. I am your host, Auburn Elvis. Let's talk about some college equestrian. We did have some pretty exciting meets this week. Uh, We had one that absolutely did not go as expected. We're going to get things started off with some Some meat recaps. recaps. Now, I could go through these chronologically, but I'm not going to do that. Instead, I want to kick things off by looking at SMU at Fresno State. Holy shirt balls. This was crazy. I predicted that the final score was going to be 15-3 SMU, but it was not that at all. So, Fences was first. Fresno State won that 3-2. We expected SMU to take that 4-1, to one, so right there, things were a little weird. Not the end of the world, though. SMU's good in all the other events, so we'll see how this goes. Next was horsemanship. I thought this was going to be 3-0 SMU, but it was only 3-2. to two. That doesn't sound too bad, but keep in mind that SMU should have a big halftime lead, but instead, they're, they're tied 5-5 at this point. So, on we go to the second half. On the flat, SMU has a good flat team. I expected a 4-1 to win, but here again, it was a 3-2 to Fresno State victory. Okay, so the Bulldogs are now winning. Everything's coming down to raining. Is SMU good in raining? Yes. How good? Well, I figured they would win it 4-1, to but instead, it was a 2-2 to tie. So, add all that up, the final score, Fresno State 10, SMU 9. Yes, huge loss for the number two team and a huge win for Fresno State. Now, we've seen that all these road meets are tough for the visitors. I'd say on average, the visitors probably do about one or two points worse, and the home team does about one or two points better. So, uh, that's anywhere from two to four points that's going to swing based on who was at home. But even still, we kind of figured SMU should have won this. Um, i also point out that Auburn had a meet just like this last season. Last year, the then number two Auburn Tigers went on the road. And they lost uh, for the first time ever at UC Davis. So it can happen to even the best teams. But it's still a shock. SMU is better than Fresno State, and they should not have lost this meet. But when you look at it from the other side, it's an amazing win for the Bulldogs. Uh, This win will probably be the highlight of their season. So having it happen right here before the winter break starts is just awesome for them. They're going to get to enjoy this win for four months. Big victory for them. Great job, Fresno State. You shocked everybody. Okay, so on we go to the rest of this weekend's action. 
Um, let's re- recap the meet that I was personally most excited about, Baylor at Delaware State. Now, as you know, I have had Delaware State ranked 8th or ninth all fall, even though they have only had one win over Minnesota Crookston in Week 1. I predicted Delaware State would win in a 9-9 tiebreaker against Baylor. Let's see how it went. Fences went 3-2 for Baylor, and that's good for the Bears. They've been underperforming in fences almost the whole fall, so to see that 3-2 win was very exciting for them. On the flat, Delaware State won 3-2. Not unexpected, Delaware State returns two All-Americans here. Baylor does too, so that deciding point kind of went to the Hornets. Okay, so on we go over to horsemanship. Here again, Delaware State returns two good riders. Baylor's a little thin in this event, and it showed up on the score. Delaware State won horsemanship 2-1. And in reigning, this one was kind of a toss-up. Neither team has a ton of points production returning from last season. Um, But Delaware State does have more experience than Baylor here, and in the end, that proved to be enough, as the Hornets won the event 3-1. So that made the final score 10-7 Delaware State. Big win for the Hornets. They remain undefeated. Uh, Not that they had a lot of meets, but still. This was their biggest test of the season so far, and they passed it. Good job. For Baylor, they were in this the whole way, but with it being on the road, they just couldn't get it done. So next, let's look at Oklahoma State at South Carolina. So the Cowgirls were going out east. They had this meet, and then the next day they were going to have Georgia. Um, On paper, the Cowgirls were favored against South Carolina about 11-8, to but these meets are not written on paper, so let's see how it went. Fences went 3-2 to for the Cowgirls. Okay, pretty good. Flat went five to nothing for South Carolina, and they were so excited about this. They didn't even bother totaling up all the zeros on their score sheet. They just left everything blank on that side. Uh, that's going to be a du- deduction in their golden score sheet standings, but we'll cover that later. Uh, in horsemanship, the Cowgirls won three to two, and in reigning, South Carolina won three to two. There, add all that up, and we have a twelve to eight victory for South Carolina. Really nice win for South Carolina. Regardless of what happens in the spring, I feel very confident that the Gamecocks will end up in Ocala now with all these non-conference wins. They have a perfect 5-0 non-conference record, which is very impressive. For the Cowgirls, well, here we see another example of how important the home advantage is. If this meet were at Oklahoma State, they probably would have won, but it wasn't, and they didn't. Instead, this was a tough road loss that they really wanted. And things weren't going to get any easier for Oklahoma State with the meet at Georgia the very next day. So let's talk about that. Hmm. Well, I don't have the numbers from last week in my notes, but I think it was going to be Georgia by one or two points. So let's see what really happened. Fences went four to blank for Georgia. And I say blank instead of zero because that's what the Bulldogs put on the score sheet. Um, Put five blanks for a total of blank. Most people with experience with math would prefer to see a number there, like the number zero, instead of a blank, but the person who filled this out must not have a math background. So on we go to the flat. Georgia wins that three to two. Good day for the Bulldogs in the jumping seat. Over we go to horsemanship. This ended up being a two to two tie, and then we had reigning, which also went two to two. So add that up, the final score was a big 11 to six win for the Bulldogs. The difference here was really how dominant Georgia's jumping seat was, and that kind of tracks with how the fall has been going for these two teams. Oklahoma State has a good Western team, but here on the road, Georgia was able to hold that in check and just let their jumping seat decide the meet. Big win for Georgia. This is just what they wanted uh, coming up with the end of the fall here. They looked good, and they are ready for more. For Oklahoma State, well, they had back-to-back road trips that were really tough, We saw that get the better of Auburn last week. Well, here it is getting Oklahoma State as well. 
So looking at other meets, things were not great for the visiting teams. Would this streak continue through the weekend? Let's see. Next, we had a neutral site meet between Baylor and UT Martin. So both of these teams are the road teams, and somebody has to win, so the streak is going to sort of get broken. I predicted Baylor would win 10-9. Let's see how the meet actually went. This was a 4-on-4 meet. That always helps the underdog, although with this season that Baylor's having, I'm not sure who the underdog is, and let's see how that goes. Fences went 3-1 for UT Martin. Okay, not great for Baylor. Um, uh, Martin's fencing team has done well considering all the good jump and seat teams they've been facing this fall, so this was really a pretty good result for them. On the flat, uh, this had two ties, each team getting a point, so it ended up being one-to-one. Uh, -one. And that's, again, probably a nicer re result for UT Martin. Baylor really wanted some points here. In horsemanship, that went 3-1 to one for Baylor. Now, that's a nice result. Baylor, you know, they did what they needed to in horsemanship, and then over we go to reigning. Here we had another 2-2 two to two tie. So, that's going to make the final score um, a tie at 7-7. Seven to seven. And Baylor did have a 0 in one of their scores um, that they got from the judges, and that makes winning a tiebreaker very difficult. So, UT Martin wins a tiebreaker 12-02 uh, to 10-59, something like that. Yeah. So, this is a nice win for UT Martin. Home and away didn't really come into play here, so for the rest of the season, assuming something weird doesn't happen to them, they can really point to this win and say that, hey man, we are better than Baylor on a neutral site. And I'll just repeat that for any NCEA voters who might be listening. If you are going to rank Baylor now, then you have absolutely got to put UT Martin above them because UT Martin beat Baylor at a neutral site, okay? So let's hope that, you know, people are listening and paying attention. Now, after that, UT Martin had to turn right around and ride against the host, Delaware State. I thought Delaware State would win this about 11-8. to 8. Here's what happened. Fences went 3-2 to 2 for UT Martin. This tracks with what we've seen so far. Uh, and then over in flat, that went 5-blank to blank for Delaware State. Uh, this sweep was big. With these teams being so closely matched, you get a sweep like this, it means big trouble for the underdog which in this case is UT Martin. So on we go to horsemanship. Here things ended up two all. So still looking good for the home team. Just one more event left, reigning. And in reigning, UT Martin won that two to one. So add that all up and the final score is 10 to seven for Delaware State. Now, even though the Hornets only won one event, this was a, it was a five to nothing sweep and that was big enough to power them to victory even though they, you know, either tied or didn't win those other events. So that's just, that shows you how important it is when you get a sweep like that. So another big win for the Hornets. They have validated that they deserve to be ranked and probably ranked above several perennial powers right now. We'll see if the NCAA rankings people are actually paying attention. Spoiler, they probably are not. Maybe there'll be a Christmas miracle and they'll actually do their jobs this week. But this isn't about the rankings portion of the show. It's meet recaps, and we still have one more meet to recap, and that is SMU at UC Davis. The situation was SMU is reeling from that upset they had the previous day against Fresno State. Can they get it together against UC Davis? I predicted this would be an 11-9 win for SMU. Let's see what happened. Fences went 3-2 for SMU. Okay, good. That went as expected. Flat went 4-2 for SMU. Okay, wow. This does not look good for the home team now. On we go to horsemanship. That went 3-2 to two for UC Davis. All right, good. They're getting closer again. And then on to reigning. And reigning uh, also went 3-2 to two for UC Davis. Add that all up. The final score ended up being 11-9 for SMU. So this was about what we expected. UC Davis had their shot, but they came up just a little bit short at home. For SMU, they got a rare road win, which ain't easy these days. 
and they ended their fall on a somewhat positive note. I'll also say I sympathize with whoever did the uh, UC Davis score sheet. It was filled in by hand, all the numbers, and the math was technically correct, but the tiebreaker score was in the wrong place. It was in some, and some of the boxes were blank and they had stuff scribbled in. And so, yeah, so yeah, you're going to lose some points for that score sheet. Uh, but again, the totals were correct. So the math was technically correct. It's just the way you got to the correct answer was not the way that it really should have been filled in. Basically, a layperson would have been very confused by that score sheet, so we can't really have that. But you know what? Since we are talking about score sheets and we're done with all the meat recaps, now let's take a look at this week's standings in the Golden Score Sheet Awards. The Golden Score Sheet Awards is a competition where each week I review all of the official score sheets and I award deductions or bonus points based on the number of errors that I find. Every team began the season with 100 points, and at the end of the season, the team or teams with the highest point totals will win an actual award from me, commemorating their achievement in outstanding records keeping. Last week, we had a first better-than-perfect score sheet from TCU, and uh, evidently that broke everyone else's spirits, because this week we had a ton of deductions. Also, um, last week, it looked like Lynchburg might have also had a better-than-perfect score sheet, but it turns out that that was just their online digital score sheet. The official paper version that they turned into the NCA had a bunch of missing zeros, and the home team uh, was not on that right-hand side, so that's, that's a shame, because they missed out on those bonuses. Also, I'm still going back and rechecking score sheets as they get posted on the NCA website. Um, someone went in and updated everything up to today, so uh, all of those are in. So I've been going through. There's going to be some teams like Georgia. They're going to drop a bunch this week because I went back, and it turns out that whenever someone loses their head-to-head -head ride, Georgia doesn't put a zero on the score sheet like most every team does. They just leave it blank. So that's technically a deduction. So in most of their score sheets, they lose about 18 points on every score sheet. Yeah, that's a lot of blanks that uh, need to have zeros in them. I also went back and I discovered that TCU did that same thing in their very first meet, so they're going to drop as well. So last week I had them better than perfect, better than 100 points, but now that I can go through and look at every single score sheet, and I did that. I spent about an hour going through all the score sheets. I now have a TCU placed where they should be. Yeah, you can be pretty confident about everybody's place this week because everything has posted. I have gone through, double-checked everything. So as of right now, here are the standings for the Golden Score Sheet Awards. In first place, with a perfect 100 points, are Barry College, Bridgewater, College of Charleston, Minnesota Crookston, Sacred Heart, Swanee, and SMU. In a tie for 8th place, with 99 points, are Fresno State and Oklahoma State. In 10th place, with a score of 98, is Baylor. In 11th place, with a score of 97, is Texas A&M and UT Martin. In 13th place, with a score of 96, is Auburn. In 14th place, with a score of 95, is Delaware State. In 15th place, with a score of 92, it's South Dakota State. In 16th place, with a score of 91, is Dartmouth. In 17th place, with a score of 88, is South Carolina. In 18th place, with a score of 82, is TCU. In 19th place, with a score of 80, is Lynchburg. In 20th place, with a score of 76, is UC Davis. In 21st place, with a score of 70, is Sweetbriar. And in 22nd place, with a score of 43 is Georgia.
So yeah, as I said, Georgia has not been putting zeros anytime a rider doesn't score, so that has just killed their point total. Yeah, they're down there. They're they're below half now. So yeah, they're they have racked up a ton of deductions and they still have the spring to go. So boy, they may they may go below zero. We'll see how that ends up. But seven teams are still perfect. Um of those, only Sacred Heart and SMU have actually submitted score sheets, you know, hosted meets and all. So those are the true leaders. Those other teams, we're not even sure if they're really gonna host in the spring if they don't we'll take them out of the competition but for right now uh there are seven perfect teams and a bunch of teams right below them with all of this week's action and the golden score sheet out of the way let's jump over to the official auburn elvis college of equestrian rankings all right, so I promised Auburn fans that even though they didn't have a meet to talk about this week, I would give a rundown of all the teams, and that way we would talk about Auburn a lot. And with some of the results this weekend, it works out great because we really do need to talk about all these resumes just so you have an understanding of where these teams should be ranked. And I say should be ranked because, of course, these are the correct rankings um, that go by each team's resume, not equitation over feelings like the NCEA does. Okay, so number one is easy. TCU. Here's what TCU did this fall. They hosted SMU and they beat them. They went to Oklahoma State and they beat them. They went to Fresno State and beat them, which now seems a lot better. They went to UT Martin and beat them. Then they rode against Georgia at a neutral site and they beat them. And they hosted Baylor and beat them. So they have three road wins, they have a neutral site win, and they have two home wins. You really can't do much better than that. Uh, The road meets weren't quite as tough as some other teams' road meets, but they did win them uh, by beating Oklahoma State on the road, Georgia at a neutral site, and that's impressive for anybody. So, they do have a road meet for SMU that they're going to end their whole schedule with in the spring, so we'll get to see them on the road against a really good opponent then. Uh, We just have to wait a while. Okay, so who is number two? Well... SMU's road loss to Fresno State made this a lot tougher call, but after looking at every team's resume, the number two team is Texas A&M. Here's the Aggies' resume. They hosted Baylor and won. They hosted Georgia and won. They went over to Oklahoma State and won. They went over to SMU and they lost in a tiebreaker. Then they went over to South Carolina and won. Then they hosted Auburn and won. So even though they did lose to SMU, that was a tiebreaker road loss. And again, SMU just lost to Fresno State, which is a much worse loss than A&M's loss to SMU. So we're going to overrule the head-to-head results and we're going to put A&M at number two. So who is number three? Well, it's SMU. (laughs) Here's SMU's resume. They went to TCU and lost. They hosted Oklahoma State and won. They hosted Texas A&M and won that tiebreaker that we just talked about. They hosted Auburn and won. They went to Fresno State and lost. Then they went to UC Davis and won. So their biggest win at home is over Texas A&M and Auburn and Oklahoma State. Their only road win is over UC Davis. That road loss to TCU is forgivable, but that road loss to Fresno State is just so bad. Now, we're going to talk about that in a little bit more detail later, but if the Mustangs are number three, that means the number four team must be Auburn. So here is Auburn's resume. They hosted UC Davis and won. They went to Baylor and won. They went to UT Martin and won. They hosted Georgia and won. They hosted South Carolina and won. Then they went on the road to Texas A&M and they lost, and they also went to SMU and lost. So for Auburn, their biggest win are their home wins over Georgia and South Carolina. 
their biggest road win would be over UT Martin and Baylor, which the Baylor win is not super great anymore. So when you compare SMU and Auburn, you're basically going to ask yourself two questions. For SMU, you're asking, are their home wins enough to make up for that big road loss to Fresno State? And for Auburn, you have to ask, do the home wins over Georgia and South Carolina make up for road losses at A&M and at SMU? Those are tough questions, and as you can tell, I gave SMU the advantage. They do have the head-to-head win over Auburn, and since these two are going to rematch at Auburn in the spring, I'm okay with leaving SMU above Auburn for right now. Okay, so the next couple are pretty easy. Number five is Georgia. Here's Georgia's resume. They hosted UT Martin and won. They went to Texas A&M and lost. They hosted South Carolina and they won. They went to Auburn and lost. They rode against TCU at a neutral site meet and they barely lost. Then uh, they rode against UT Martin at UT Martin and they won that. Then they hosted Oklahoma State and they won that. So this was a pretty good fall for Georgia. They won the meets that they were expected to win. Uh, They rode well against TCU. And generally, yeah, they did exactly what we thought they would do. Number five is a good spot for Georgia right now. Okay, so number six is South Carolina. Here is the Gamecocks' resume. They hosted UC Davis and won. They hosted UT Martin and won that. They went to South Dakota State and they won. They rode against Fresno State up at South Dakota State and they won that. Then they went to Georgia and lost. Then they went to Auburn and lost. They hosted Texas A&M and they lost that. But they hosted Oklahoma State and they won that. So other than that Texas A&M home loss, the Gamecocks did everything that everybody would have expected them to do, and maybe even a little bit more. They got a nice mix of home and away wins, uh, so this was a really good fall for them. I don't think there's any doubt that they're the number six team in the nation right now, and if the NCAA doesn't put them there, then they're smoking dope. All right, so now things are going to be controversial. These next rankings are guaranteed to be different from the NCAA because I'm using reason. Whereas they mostly look at jerseys and they mix that in with some recency bias. Um, But enough about them. Here's the accurate rankings. At number seven, we have Delaware State. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. At Evernorth Health Services, we believe costs shouldn't get in the way of life-changing care. And we're doing everything in our power to make it possible. Behavioral health solutions that also keep your projections at their best? It's possible. Pharmacy benefits that benefit your bottom line? It's possible. Complex specialty care that cares about your ROI. It's possible. Because we're already doing it. All while saving businesses billions. That's wonder made possible. Learn more at evernorth.com slash wonder. Here's the Hornets resume. They hosted Minnesota Crookston and won. They hosted Baylor and won. They hosted UT Martin and won. Okay, so not as many meets as other teams. But those are all wins, and they did as expected, or maybe even a tiny bit better. They did not get tripped up when Baylor and UT Martin came to town, and so, yeah, this has been a good fall for them. Again, they're undefeated, so there's no doubt in my mind that they should be ranked number seven. Okay, so if they're number seven, that means at number eight, we have Oklahoma State. Yeah! 
So here's the Cowgirls' resume. They hosted TCU and they lost. They went to Baylor and they won. They went to SMU and lost. They hosted Texas A&M and lost. They hosted Fresno State and won. They went to South Carolina and lost. Then they went to Georgia and lost. So for Oklahoma State, they have probably underperformed a little bit, losing some of those home ones. Um, Their best win is probably a home win against Fresno State, which looks a little bit better now, or maybe a road win at Baylor, which doesn't look as good now. So there are certainly going to be some people who would put Oklahoma State ahead of Delaware State. They do have one common opponent, which is Baylor. Oklahoma State won that on the road. Delaware State just won that at home. But I don't look at just two meets. I look at the full resume. And with so many losses, we just have to move Oklahoma State down below Delaware State. If the Cowgirls had just flipped one of those losses into a win, they would definitely be ahead of them. Okay, so those are the eight teams who would deserve to go to Ocala if the season ended today. Just below them, at number nine, is Fresno State. Here's the Bulldogs' resume. They lost a neutral site meet to South Carolina. They lost at South Dakota State. They hosted TCU and lost. Then went to Baylor and lost a tiebreaker. Then they went to Oklahoma State and lost. Then they hosted SMU and won. So it's been pretty much feast or famine for the Bulldogs. Obviously, without that SMU win, their resume looks very bad. But they did beat SMU. And frankly... There are only a handful of teams that they could beat that would really overrule this many losses on the resume, and they happen to beat one of those teams. So the Bulldogs will crack the rankings for the first time this year, and it'll be right before the winter break, so they'll spend four months right here at number nine. So our number 10 team is UT Martin. Here is the Skyhawks' resume. They went to South Carolina and they lost. They went to Georgia and they lost. They hosted South Dakota State and they won. They hosted Auburn and they lost. They hosted TCU and they lost. They hosted Georgia and they lost. They rode against Baylor at a neutral site and they won that. Then they rode at Delaware State and they lost. So even though the Skyhawks have piled up some losses, except for that Delaware State loss, they were all acceptable losses. It's a shame for them that one of those meets wasn't against Fresno State because having a chance to beat them would have really helped their resume. But that's kind of how things go when you schedule tough like UT Martin has done this fall. I also want to run down the unranked teams as well. UC Davis had a decent fall. They lost on the road at South Carolina and Auburn. They beat Minnesota Crookston and South Dakota State at South Dakota State. Then they lost at home to SMU. Basically, if the Aggies could have done what Fresno State did and upset SMU, and they almost did, uh, they probably would be up where the Bulldogs are ranked. Now, Baylor did not have a good fall. They barely beat Fresno State at home. Then they lost at TCU at Delaware State. Uh, at a neutral site beat against UT Martin. The home tiebreaker win over Fresno State looks a little bit better nowadays, um, but they really did need to beat someone other than Fresno State. Now, South Dakota State, they have had a, actually a decent fall campaign. They lost at home to South Carolina, but they beat Fresno State at home. They lost at UT Martin and lost at home to UC Davis in a neutral site meet, but they finished with a home win over Minnesota Crookston, which was pretty nice. Now, beating Fresno State early in the season was really nice, but losing at home to UC Davis pretty much keeps them out of the rankings right now. And we also have Minnesota Crookston. Uh, They're the only winless team. They lost at Delaware State to start the season. Then they lost neutral site meet to UC Davis and then a road meet at South Dakota State. The Golden Eagles are performing about as expected. It's a tough world right now for them, uh, but they're hanging in there. 
That is all of the dual discipline teams. We didn't have any single discipline meets this week, so I'm going to skip those. I'll do a special wrap-up for them next week. And there is one more meet this fall to look forward to, so let's do one more meet preview. So this week we have Barry at Suwannee. This is a single discipline meet. It's the last meet of the year. Um, Barry is actually the last team to ride in a meet this fall. We haven't seen anything from them so far. Uh, and we only have last year's data to look at, but they were pretty good last season. So we're going to expect some a few good things out of them. Uh, let's see, they have a couple of riders. Let's see, Marceline Leverett and Megan Kurzman. They were both 2-0 and in fences last season, and uh, they were each 1-1 one and one on the flat. So I expect the two of them to get about three points, maybe a little bit more. Well, the only more they could do would be four. So three or four points uh, among that pair this weekend. Now, we don't know if this is going to be four on four or five on five, uh, or possibly that new fad that's going around sweeping the nation of doing four in fences and five on the flat. But regardless, I think that uh, Barry's going to get a minimum of three points. And so the question is, can their other riders get about two or three points? Well... They're up against a Swanee bunch that looked pretty solid even in defeat two weeks ago. Uh, Emma Samoth and Jenna McAmis, McAmis. It's either McAmis or McAmis, or something that I can't even conceive of. There is a pronunciation of her name. I just don't know what it is. Uh, they're probably the Tigers' best chance to score in fences. Clara Juckett and Emma Samoth have both looked decent on the flat. So we're going to say they get about two points among those four rides. That might not be enough to stop Barry, though. I say if it's an eight-point meet, the score will be five to three for Barry. If it's a nine-point meet, it'll be five to four for Barry. And if it's a ten-point meet, I'll say a tie probably slips in there, and it'll still be five to four for Barry. So basically, I favor Barry to win this. But with this being at Swanee, maybe they'll be able to flip things. We'll see. Okay, so I don't really have a soapbox rant this week, uh, but let's just say that every win out there should be celebrated, and every loss should kind of be looked at as just a way that you can get better. And I'll tell you that I love the attitudes and the smiling faces that I see online, on social media. Um, it, it, even if the final score didn't go your way, it does look like that everybody's doing a good job representing their school, they're having fun going on these meets, and yeah, it, I, you love to see that. Oh, and since we're talking about Instagram and social media, several people have alerted me uh, that I have been mistaking Baylor's Ella Peters for Sadie Peters. There have been about three or four meets where I listed Ella Peters' name on the matchup, but it was actually Sadie Peters doing the writing. Now, I have no real idea of why I constantly made that mistake. My matchup sheets are all pulling from a list of all the writers, and both of them are on that list. And I guess I have just been typing in the last name Peters, uh, and it pop automatically populates, and I have several choices, and I just go with the first one, which is Ella. But it should be Sadie. So, sorry about that, Ella and Sadie Peters. If there were a golden match up sheet competition i would lose five points for each of those because i got your names wrong um of course i would still be in first place because nobody else does this but we're all going for per perfection here even if you're the only one out there so yeah we have one more meet coming up this week and i will tell you all about it next week but for now that's all for this episode i am your host auburn elvis i thank you very much for listening and war horses
Thank you for tuning in to today's episode on the E2C Network. On your way out, I want to remind you to stop by E2Cnetwork.com. It's your one-stop shop for all our content across our podcast, YouTube channel, and much more. To stay up to date with us, make sure you're following social media accounts such as Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. While our content here may always be Auburn sports heavy, if it's orange and blue, it's what we do. War Eagle.